out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Or could you use a little company? If you pay the right price, your evening will be nice. Welcome back here to the Monday edition of the WRC crew. And we just got done talking Rucker Suits, and we talked a little bit about uh, the NFL championships, and then read briefly, and can we just talk? We talked about how the uh, women's basketball season was on the verge of cancellation. But to take a kind of more sorrow step back, tomorrow is going to be the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's unfortunate and tragic death. And many people, including myself, uh, got into basketball and, and really sports because basketball is my first true, true love with um, watching sports. I was, I was a golfer, but in terms of watching it, is basketball is how it started for me, specifically, specifically the NBA, and um, I basically just just started one night. I remember I, I don't I forget the year exactly, but it was the year that uh, they played the Celtics uh, in in the finals. I think it was his last. I think it might have been his last ring, um, and it was they played the Celtics in the finals. And my dad just had it on TV. I was a youngster, and I just sat down with him and. Watch the watch game one, and then the rest of the se- rest of the series. My dad, you know, hard worker. He's got to get up in the morning. He'd go to bed, and I'd be up staying uh, till eleven, twelve o'clock. You know, watching watching the games. And I remember when they won, I ran up the stairs. My dad was better asleep, and I was like, "Kobe won, Lakers won, Lakers won." And, and from that moment on, I just I, I really loved basketball from there on out. So I'll always always credit him that giving me my first true love and and entertainment in sports not my competitive sport but my entertainment in sports he was my first my first guy yeah brant um i would have to echo those sentiments you know as stereotypical as it is to say you know like a lot of us you know got into basketball because of watching kobe bryant you know one of my first sports memories was watching him drop 60 was watching him drop um excuse me watching him drop 81 against toronto you know and watching him hit all those game-winning shots in the playoffs. And then, you know, just seeing him as a person just develop and, you know, become the ultimate worker, the guy who's first in the gym, you know, last out to a guy who can, you know, make a short film and just win an Oscar, you know, of his first short film. You know, he was just – he he was so much more than, than basketball, but he was so much of basketball, especially at the time we started watching, you know. LeBron James was, you know, is probably the greatest player I've ever seen. But I can I can easily say I've never seen anyone play the way Kobe Bryant has, and I don't think I'm ever going to see it again because he was just such a star, you know, such a such a hard worker. He he didn't have the physical gifts that Mike or, or, or LeBron did. He really just did it all that work in the gym, and you know, he's he's a signal of perseverance. He's a, he's a symbol, and you know, his, his legacy goes far will go far beyond his his years on this earth but you know he he just he just did so much for for so many people and it's it's Not really great. sad day and you know i think i can't think of how people like you know ron harper jr or kyrie irving people who had personal relationships with him are reacting because you know i i might i might cry tomorrow it's an it's a, it was an emotional day you know it is an emotional day you know every everyone misses yeah, he was a i can't believe guy. i can't believe it's been uh i can't believe it's been a year already that's the that's the crazy thing because we all remember that day pretty vividly. I do. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday. It happened last year. So 
uh, yeah, I think it's just devastating for the whole community itself. I don't think people recover from his loss. I, I personally don't believe that. Yeah, I, I, he was a great guy. I mean, one of those one of those athletes who on and off the court you you admired, and he, he, I personally didn't obviously wouldn't know him personally, but I, I could I could tell from stories I've heard about him and, and through some of my my friends. Uh, who who did get to know who did get to know him? One of my dad's, I mean, one of my dad's, one of my best friends when I lived in Florida. His dad was the assistant coach in Miami. He Bob McAdoo, Hall of Fame basketball player, legend. And when I lived in Florida all those years, I would always talk with him, go to Heat games, and ask him Kobe stories or LeBron stories, who he thought was better, and all this stuff. And he he said that Kobe was the assassin, and obviously he he got there in the gym before absolutely anybody, but. Again, not, not taking anything away from LeBron because he said the exact same thing about LeBron. Two dudes who are there five hours before the gym, five, five hours before the tip-off in the gym, and five hours afterwards. Uh, they just set the tone for anybody they were on the team with. They're just people you, you as, as much as stories might tell that you didn't want to play with Kobe because he didn't pass the ball or something, people that you wanted on your team because they definitely set the tone for you. Well, Dylan, you mentioned it before, um, but how he had such an impact even off the court. And I didn't really grow up as an NBA fan. Um, and I kind of started a little bit more recently, but obviously everyone knew who Kobe Bryant was. And, you know, like like probably everyone on this call and everyone who grew up shooting, you know, pieces of paper into a, into a garbage can. You said Kobe <laughs> when you shot, even if you didn't know who, you know, why you just did it. Um, and that, you know, that's kind of what I associate with my first basketball memory that goes to Kobe Bryant, but also to his legacy and impact off the court. I remember last year walking around campus the day after he died, there were so many Kobe Bryant jerseys. Everyone who owned any, any kind of Kobe Bryant paraphernalia was wearing it around campus. I remember all the professors brought it up and it didn't even try to, some, some of them would try to link it to class, but others just brought it up just to mention, you know, the collective trauma that. You know, kind of all brought and you know how devastating the, his loss was um so you know i think when something could kind of impact your entire campus community so you know so strongly and in the next the next basketball game they honored kobe before the game with a moment of silence um you know every everyone felt it it was something that just walking around you you knew something was off that day um you knew something was different about that day in particular yeah, just some, it's just a, a pure tragedy, too. Like somebody who, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's as bad as it is to say this, I, I mean, somebody who is probably one of the healthiest human beings in the world, physically fit human being, like you, you never expect, it's a, tra it's a tragic death. It, it's not, it, it, this guy's an all-world athlete, somebody who, who could have lived for as long as anybody. And is his life tragically cut short, and it's it, it's it's a shame, which is why, I, which is another reason why it stuck with you. Because someone like my mom, who doesn't even really watch all all too much sports, I mean, she she was even really upset about that because it, it's a pure tragedy. Yeah, you know, and I think um, obviously, you know, Kobe lost his his daughter Gianna as well uh, in the in the helicopter crash, and. You know, he was doing a lot to advance the game of women's basketball. You know, she was, you know, as young as she was, people were talking about her being, you know, helping the game of helping the WNBA, you know, being like a star. And it's it's just such a shame to see a legend go, but it's a shame to see the future go as well. You know, yeah, I mean, it's something that gets it, lost. It, in it all reminds of that, which me. Is really 
you know, it's, it, it's it not a, her future wasn't as immediate, but it reminds me a lot of the passing of Len Bias um, when people, you know, really were ready to see, you know, the future. And they believe that, you know, at the time they believed Len Bias was, was the future of basketball. You know, he was being compared to, to Michael Jordan and, and Larry Bird. But, you know, it's it, it's such a shame all around. You know, I I remember that day getting a call from someone and, and you know, I, I, I blew it off. I didn't believe them. You know, I, I hung up on them. I thought it was an unfunny attempt at a joke. But, you know, I, I, I found out that, you know, it, it clearly wasn't. And... Yeah, that day just uh, that day had a huge effect on me. I, I mean, I personally don't think I've really been the same since then. It was just it was just very very emotional, and it was it was weird too because you know I don't usually get emotional when like a celebrity passes, but this was different. This was Kobe. This was like you know this was like a hero. Like it was uh, it was it was just tragic. I I know what you're saying completely. I mean, every once in a while, I mean, me, I'm I'm a huge music fan, like probably one of the biggest music fans you, you'll ever know so i I've, I've had situations like that happen where i've lost somebody uh, who, I, who i felt like i had a special connection to and, and even though people all the time say oh you didn't even know him like i mean you you do in a sense because when when doing something like a sport and or, or something that your know, music or something that can connect with other people people build a bond towards that and have memories towards it i mean just like you listen to a song where it reminds you of, of of a memory that you had or you you remember i don't know you remember lebron blocking andre Vidal's shot exactly where you were when you watched the game like how old you were all, all that stuff the same thing kobe dropping 81 points kobe kobe doing this kobe doing that kobe tearing his achilles and and playing through and, and hitting free throws whatever it was you draw special connections to those moments so i i, I completely know know what you guys are saying and as, as much as people think that you know oh you didn't know the guy like you, you had you had an emotional connection to him as much as you would somebody who was real because well what, what if you didn't although you didn't although you didn't hang out with him you spent a bulk amount of your time watching him do what he was great at so you, you, your time, in a sense, was with if you were avid sports fans, like I, I believe we all are. I mean, you spent a lot of your time hanging out with Kobe, in a sense, watching him play basketball. Yeah, um, you know, I. There's, there's, it's it's hard to you know come come up with words to really describe, you know, just 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 what you want to say about him because you know he was a legend. He did. A lot of things, you know. He's he he was an obvious Hall of Famer. You know, he's he's a top five player of all time, in in my personal opinion. Um, but you know, it it really it really shows his impact when you know uh, when one of you guys were talking about the uh, how Rutgers was just the day after. You know, this is this is a college campus that that was three thousand miles away from every home game that Kobe Bryant ever played. No one ever saw him. No one in New Jersey, New York area, ever had him on a team that they rooted for in their area. He was never like, oh, like, like if he was if if he was no, a star of the Knicks, it would be I mean, we, like easier I mean, to understand I mean, yeah, for, like, for people so, around some people here. Hated like, him oh, he was a local here. legend, you know, but he just transcended it so much. He was he was a star. He was the face of basketball for for a good portion of the two thousands. You know, he was he he was the Mamba. 
and and there was only one of him. There probably only ever will be. I don't. I don't ever see anyone playing the game the way he did. I I just don't. There there's no way. I mean, somebody somebody could come along because again, you always have you always have those those type of players who bridge the gap between you know like it, it's the same thing. It's going to happen in sports all the time. You could break it down like Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. You could break it down like uh, Pete Sampras, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic. You could break it down as um, you know. Uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. You could you could break it down in a lot of in a lot of ways. So th- there will be there will be somebody else. I'm sure that's how Kobe would want it. Someone else to fill his shoes in a sense. But but you'll never find somebody. I think at this point with the way basketball is heading, you're never gonna find somebody who had his personality, his style of 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 play. You you might, but his personality. It just appears that the game of basketball is not heading in that direction anymore. You're never gonna have that cutthroat type of player anymore yeah and i think that it, like you know sad as it is I, i'm somewhat okay with that because i think we'll forever think of you know the assassin as kobe Bryant. There, you know there will be yeah. no other player who will be you know just as as deadly and as lethal and as locked in um you know and, and a mamba like kobe he just had you know he was a mamba that, that that's what he described himself he had his he, he was you know he, he, he had the true definition of a game face. He was, when he was playing basketball, he was locked in. That's where he was. Um, and even if, you know, no one else could ever do that, I think that's that's such a fitting tribute to Kobe um, that, you know, he's there will be people who may be better than him, but I think that's, you know, just like you guys were saying, that's the way he would have wanted it. He was all about training the next generation, like we saw with his daughter, like we saw with the Mamba Sports Academy. Um, he was all he about furthering the game it. of basketball. He would have never admitted that somebody, he would have never admitted that <laughs> Of course. Him, but, 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 but he would have loved to, to transcend the game because that's what these great people do. Yeah, of course. He, you know, he would want it to, you know, he would want the game to keep going, um, you know, regardless. Yeah. But just that attitude is just something you don't, you can't see it in any other sport. There's, he was, it was just so unique. It was so special to see the way that, you know, he treated game after game, you know, something that everyone could look up to. Yeah. I mean, again, and this isn't to take away because a bunch of people died that day too. So you gotta, you gotta remember them as well too. We obviously, it's how I talk about how you kind of hung out with Kobe and you kind of watched him with a big bulk of your lives. So that's why we talk about that more too, but, the day in general was just extremely sad. And I think not even just the United States, but globally was super affected too. I mean, I know LeBron and Kobe are damn near gods out overseas as well. So um, they were greatly affected as well. Yeah, guys, you know, I, I, I think I want to make this a, a little bit lighter. So I'll ask a question, you know, where, where, if you can, do you, do you rank Kobe Bryant on your all time list of NBA players? You know, well, well, I would have to put him in the top five, but I would love to hear what you guys would have to say. Um, I mean, again, it, that that's such a that's such a super hard question because I I completely could see you putting him in your top five, and I I, I want I, I really want to too because that's who I have the most connection to. It's the same thing I tell everybody. Like, if I get in an argument with somebody who's you know like my dad's age or a, a little bit younger in, in their forties or. 50s whatever it is if if you argue with me that jordan was better than lebron there's not much i can say because i know the way that you watched jordan was the way that i watched lebron 
But when I'm arguing with somebody who's our age and they're trying to tell me Jordan's better, I hate that because I'm like, you come on, like you didn't have that. I don't care if you watch Jordan's highlights or you've seen The Last Dance. You did not watch Jordan the same way that you watched LeBron and his dominance. So that's why for me, if you're our age and you put Kobe there, I'm completely okay with that because I know the connection that you had with him. But if you're an older head, again, I, I could see you potentially naming a couple people above him. But somebody who are who's our age, I have to put him in my top five as well. And I can see why you do it. But I can also see why my dad might not. Like my dad might put some some other people above him. But um, I, I think top five is a reasonable number, if not with and without doubt, top ten. Yeah, he definitely cracks my top five for sure. Um, I, you know, yeah, if you're already, like you guys were, I, I feel like it should be. Yeah, of course, because he's, you know, he he was basketball and we were growing up, and of course, there's LeBron too. But you know, everyone knew Kobe. Everyone, you know, everyone knew exactly who Kobe Bryant was, and you know, even if Michael Jordan had that same effect, we just weren't there for that. So that's why, that's why I think of I put Steph Curry up there for that reason too. Definitely not as high as Kobe, but you just try, you know, basketball. It's so much more than a sport. And so, you know, I, I believe that the top NBA players, um, you know, transcend the sport are so much more than they are on the court. And that's why Kobe Bryant's in my top five. He probably, if I were to write it out, he'd probably be in my top three. I mean, I, again, like that. It, it's, I, it's I, don't super, about, I don't know if I would put him in the top three. Um, yeah, I, it's super, uh, that, that, it, it's a super hard thing to say, but I, I think top five is okay if you're our age. I would probably put him. Um, I actually had him at like six or seven. Yeah, I mean, I actually had him at six or seven. Too. In, in more, in a more general, just understanding, like I have like Larry Bird a bit ahead of him. Um, I personally think Tim Duncan's a bit behind him. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it makes. See, I don't people, think it makes a difference. Sleep on him. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking like Tim you know, there's Magic Johnson. So um, no, my dad. You know, I think there's he, top five. My dad would have Johnson? In top five. No, 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 Kobe. Who? I'm saying he wouldn't. Oh. My dad would. Oh, he wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, which is I think if you're talking about the modern era, I mean, the modern era, he's probably like top four, right? Like if you're talking the yeah. last 15, 20 years. Um, but if you look at the whole overall game, like you're really digging deep, he's probably like easily in the top 10. I think it becomes, in my opinion, a bit hard to make the case for top five, but I'd definitely say like top seven for sure if we're going to go there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we... Regardless, we grew up in a really good age for basketball. We have arguably the best player of all time and watched the top five and top ten player in Kobe. And and again, Kobe's, it, it wasn't only just what he, it, it's how he did it too. Like his personality and everything, it was so, it was so raw. It was so amazing. Do you guys, you know, I think we're going to go to break relatively soon, but do you guys have, you know, maybe one favorite Kobe moment that you guys wanted to share, you know, one moment where you just remember, you know, Kobe at his best. For me, like I said, it, it was it was the last championship he won against the Celtics. I think that was like that was that that got me into basketball. So I'm always gonna remember that. Yeah, uh, Brand. For me, you know, I was talking about his 81 point game. Um, I remember his last game a lot. You know, he, he dropped 60 in his last game. And, you know, I, I really think – I really believe that, you know, no one else could uh, could could go out the way that, that Kobe Bryant did. You know, no one else could – no one else could be the star of their own show, you know, up until the very end like Kobe was. And, you know, we'll, we'll, always, we'll always appreciate him for it. 
I personally yes, thought I personally thought that Kobe's last season would be the year before the second last year because I thought that was his one of his better seasons ending out. Um, and that's when I watched him a lot. I remember I think he passed uh, Jordan on the like the all time scoring list. I remember that was a pretty big day. Um, I think this was Minnesota. Uh, I remember that a lot. Of course, the last game I remember too. Um, I didn't watch basketball that much growing up, but I do remember him winning his fifth championship. So those three moments definitely stand out to me. Yep. I think I for think me, I can't, I can't remember who was against, but um, someone was inbounding the ball. Kobe was guarding him, and he threw the ball right in Kobe's face and held on to it, trying to get Kobe to flinch, but he didn't flinch. Matt Barnes. Um, yeah. Even though I, Matt Barnes, I didn't see but... that live. Yeah, I mean, that that's just if, – if that doesn't explain what the Mamba mentality is, I don't know what will. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. That's an iconic one right there. All right, and welcome back to the second sportscast of the Monday edition of The Crew. The losing streak is finally over for the Rutgers men's basketball team as they defeated the Indiana Hoosiers by a score of 74-70 yesterday on Sunday. The victory is the Scarlet Knights' first at Assembly Hall. Captain Geo Baker led Rutgers with 19 points, including four shots from behind the arc. Ron Harper Jr. had a double-double consisting of 15 points and 12 rebounds. Miles Johnson brought down eight rebounds and tied his career high in both blocks and steals with five and three respectively. Caleb McConnell had his first start of the season and posted seven points, four rebounds, and two steals. As a team, the Knights shot 12 from 17 from the foul line, a spot they struggled from this year. RHJ was nearly perfect and went six for eight. Their next home game is this Thursday against Michigan State. The Rutgers women's basketball team postponed their next two games for COVID reasons, officially taking their stoppage into February. They last played January 3rd against Nebraska. Both the men's and women's soccer teams announced their spring season schedules. The men will play 10 games and the women will play 11. Both of the schedules will get underway in later in February. And keep it locked to WRSU for the, for the last half hour of the Monday edition of The Crew. Welcome back here. Welcome back here, Monday, WRSU crew. So we had to just take a breather from all everything that happened and had a sorrowful reflection about Kobe Bryant in our last half hour segment there. But this one, it's back to this weekend sports. And I know we usually talk about either NFL, NBA, NCAA, men's basketball, or, or women's basketball. We're going to take a step back and put another thing, which is – greatly catching on I, I feel like a, a lot of people are starting to become more and more invested in the sport of MMA UFC and there's a big one this weekend Conor McGregor the people's goat the people's champ got knocked out I don't know what you guys thoughts was on that I know what I want to say but I'll have you guys talk first six years is a long time to judge a fight people were saying Poirier got knocked out in 60 seconds like what what is that going to do but that was six years ago Conor McGregor hasn't fought in two years. Dustin Poirier has fought the best fighters in the world in pretty much every fight he's had in the past two and a half years. You know, as a fan, I'm an Irishman. I, w- I wanted to see Conor with a knockout, but, you know, it's understandable. Uh, Dustin was overlooked. You know, he's, he's a world-class fighter. And, you know, when you don't fight for two years and you try to fight the best, that that's what happens. I can't really explain it any better. Conor explained it himself. The inactivity did him in. Yeah, I, I think Dana White was 
super <laughs> upset at the end of that fight because I think if, if Connor was to win that, he could have definitely got his mouth running for the Khabib rematch, but uh, he didn't do it. And so I think Dana White's got his got his hands kind of tied right now because if, I, if I'm Khabib after looking at that, though, I mean, you absolutely smoked uh, Poirier early, earlier on and a couple things maybe a year or two years ago, and you absolutely smoked Conor McGregor. And now, it, like, like what, what's he going to do now? No one's going to get their mouth running. So I, I think what they're gearing towards, again, is going to be a trilogy bout. How, however, I mean, after that last fight, Conor McGregor is on the verge of getting himself round to Rousey. If he goes in that next fight and gets embarrassed again, he's about to be, he's about to be doing wrestling again for uh, well, what's, what's that, WWE. He's about to join WWE. <laughs> Oh, I think he's, 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 he's gonna he's gonna call Mayweather out of retirement to get another cash another hundred million dollars. Yeah, because he's he's close to getting Ronda Rousey after what I saw there. I mean, Connor could just fight Jake Paul, make a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Jake Paul's only offering him ten grand now, so I don't even know how that's how that's gonna work. So it went from it went from what what was it thirty million or whatever, now it's down to ten grand. <laughs> I think <laughs> that. I mean, I mean again though, like. Connor, I mean, Connor was doing well in the first in the first round, but uh, Poirier's got a really good chin. That's why they call him Diamond, and um, he, he's got a really good chin. So I wasn't really nervous ever of Connor um, knocking him out at, at, at any point in the fight. I was thinking either maybe he could make him tap, or it was going to go the distance and they were going to give it to Connor. I didn't think he was going to knock him out. Um, so really, the only thing that Connor had to be careful of was himself getting knocked out. And that's why I think that it was a bad fight for him. And I think that if you, if you do, even in the beginning when, when Poirier landed the takedown on him, like if, if you, you get yourself in situations like that too many times, if say he won that fight and did that with Khabib, I mean, he's going to get dragged. And as, as bad as people say, Khabib fights aren't, aren't fun to watch. He's always doing his bear hugging and wrestling everybody. Well, I mean, it works. It's the same. It's the same Floyd Mayweather thing where everyone got mad at that. But as much as I got mad at it, I mean, the guy still is undefeated. It's incredible. Both of them are undefeated, so both of them has off. Yeah, you know, I think Conor McGregor's—he's in a very interesting position where he's still obviously the biggest star in the sport, but at the same time, you know, is he—is he as—is he, as, he as much of an attraction as he was? No, you know, before he's definitely because... still an attraction. He's definitely um, still an attraction, but it's it, it's just it, interesting it, it, because you know he's he's on a two fight losing streak. You know he's lost. I don't understand why he wants to fight. No, he's Poirier on a one fight losing. Like, streak. He's not going he, to he get fought, that fight. Poirier is going to fight for the belt. I don't no, know. If Connor fought, wants no, to no, fight no. for the belt. I, I don't understand, no. but no, he he, he needs to fight. He, he needs a warm up fight before he's going to fight Dustin again. He needs to fight. He beat, like he might need to fight Dan Hooker. No, he beat uh, Cowboy Cerrone. I think that was like a year or two. Oh, years you're right. Ago. He beat Cowboy. No, that was last January. That was last January. Last, so last it's, January. It's been, it's, he, it's he been beat... a year. And, yeah. And he absolutely pummeled Cowboy. He pummeled him like in 30 seconds. Yeah. So. But Cowboy, again, he, he did that literally just to just to get his feet wet, though. Like he, he, that, that fight wasn't something like when, when he signed up for it, people weren't as as unsure of a victory as they were against this against Dustin. Like when, when I saw him fighting Dustin, I, I, I genuinely thought that he, he he might lose this one like i don't know what he was getting himself into for not for being inactive for this long and your last fight was against cowboy cerrone and then you're gonna go fight and then you're gonna go fight dustin who's at the top of the at the top of the ranks i thought i, I thought it was i thought it was scary but ufc does a really good job if you guys tune in early on in the day to espn or the pay-per-view or your illegal stream whatever you do 
um, they do a really good job at hyping up the uh, favorite. So me, myself included, that I, I was caught in the bandwagon of thinking that Connor was going to now win the fight easily, even though the don't whole worry, don't worry, Brent. You were you were the only person in this call who was hyped up about that matchup for yeah, all the like, wrong I, like, reasons. That's exactly what the, the UFC is so good at. That whoever is the favorite, they hype them up beautifully in the pre-fight, and then all all the videos before. You're like, oh my gosh, nah, he's ready to go. You got Dana White saying the old McGregor's back. I'm like, oh for sure, this is it, this is it, and obviously. You know, you gotta you gotta trust your gut that Dustin is really good and Connor's not been fighting like that. I, I do think there's a chance that Connor could go out there and and um, win the next one. Cause I, I at the end at the end of it, Dustin's a really good person. He's a really good guy, and I I think that he he actually is on board for the for the trilogy. I think that he's gonna get that next because I I, I don't think Khabib is gonna come out of his quote unquote retirement for Dustin. So I think Dustin's gonna yeah, but- be pretty much either held to like he's going to be held to either gaethje or mcgregor again though yeah but but i I, but but the thing about that fight is that mcgregor was winning the first round and he was doing a really good job too he just kind of i feel like he kind of left it let let his guard down and then poirier just yeah that that was again that was the whole thing for for me though i mean i i i watch a lot of ufc but but for me the whole whole, the main thing he had to be careful of was a knockout because again i i don't think that mcgregor was going to knock out Dustin in this this go around. I mean, he he's proven now that he's got a really good chin. He's really resilient. So I I, I think that 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 was sloppy because he the only thing you have to do is be very alert in this fight for if you're McGregor. Well, check a leg kick and you don't get knocked out. I, I it, it was scary to me when he was talking about you know he he got hit with the low calf kick like eight times and that's a, that's ultimately what did him in. You know he couldn't even move his leg. Um, but, you know, it was scary to me when he was talking about, like, he had never seen this before. And it's like, dude, like, like watch MMA, like, in the past few years. People are kicking people that's, are kicking people low all the time. That's what low I'm saying. Yeah, like it, to, to, to a, me. A, a, a technique that a lot of people use. So, yeah, to me, it was and, like, And, you know, well, what are going you... back to Khabib, you know, even in the post-fight, Dana talked to Khabib before the post-fight. And Khabib really said, come on, be honest with yourself. I'm levels ahead of these people. And it's true. I would not bet on Dustin ever in a fight against Khabib. I wouldn't bet on 99.9% of the world population in a fight against Khabib. He really is level <laughs> yeah, better that, than anyone in the division that's, that's right what now. I'm saying. Like, and, you know, who, Connor Wynn might have gotten back, but, you know, I think he's done. I think his family and his honor mean more to him than, you know, another paycheck that he doesn't, he's not really into. I mean, after that, yeah, but but I'm saying, yeah, it's it's the same thing with with Dustin now. Like, where we, where, where does he go from here? I mean, it's either Gaethje or McGregor again. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if it was, I have to do research on that, but I wouldn't be surprised if something was was signed when they did this because McGregor won the first one. Where if McGregor were to lose this, the a, a trilogy is in is in play. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Usually, something like that happens with these better fighters where they where they put it where if they were to lose, they can they can ask for a rematch rather quickly. Yeah, I, I think that's more of a boxing thing, honestly. I, I haven't really heard of that happening in the UFC, but, I mean, it's definitely yeah. possible. Well, I but mean, again, if anyone has yeah, the power well, to do what they want in the industry, it's Conor McGregor because he's he's the biggest star, you know, and he could lose his next three fights in a row and he'll still have a top 10 pay-per-view of all time because, you know, he's a star, so he's going to get what he wants. You know, he was the, he was the guy who won the, the 145 belt and then said, hey, I want to move up and fight for the 155 belt, which at the time was absolutely unheard of. And, you know, he's yeah. a big star, so Dana said, all right. And, you know, he 
he is going to get what he wants based on his marketing power, and his marketing power is always high. So if Connor wants Dustin again, we're probably going to see Connor Dustin 3. Or we're going to see Connor saying. Nate 3, which is what I want to see right now, because I think it's a I'm, good time to do it. Connor is at his lowest point in a while, and I think the fight with Diaz is, you know, it is high risk, but it's also high reward because that pay-per-view will probably sell. It'll probably be the highest pay-per-view ever, I, I would think. But to me, it'll be interesting to see what Connor wants to do. And I say Connor and not Dana because if Connor wants to do something, he's going to do it. I mean, for me, it's for me, it's either he's trying to get the rematch against Dustin to be his next fight. Or yeah, I think I think the Nate fight is the only other way for him to go at at this point. I, I don't think he can ask for for anything anything more than that. If 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 Dustin wants to be a good guy and say yeah, let's get this going one more time, which I think he personally is. I I think first of all, first of all, you you don't make more money than you do fighting Conor McGregor. So if for for any of these UFC fighters, if they're not getting if they're not getting a belt fight. Um, I don't see a scenario where you wouldn't want to fight McGregor again because Khabib's not coming out of retirement to fight Dustin. So forget about that. He's not going for a belt. He, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be, in my opinion, it's going to have to be Gaethje or McGregor for him. I think he lets, I think he lets McGregor go. I think he lets McGregor, the McGregor fight run one more time. And then, and then he could fight Gaethje. And then if he beats Gaethje at that point, then I guess you could, say maybe could be coming but he's still gonna work him it, it's a joke to me i'm i'm most hyped for them to try to get out of sonia john jones going even though i think john jones wins that easily yeah the sport is definitely at an exciting time right now you know you have adesanya going no, for, more and more people the, are watching uh, the double the double champ uh, in march you have a heavyweight title fight you know it, it it's a good time to be a ufc fan you know they've I got to say, Boxing you know, too. people may not Boxing agree with too. Dana White and a lot of things he does, and a lot of his business tactics are a little bit shady, but, you know, they were really the first sport to come back, you know. I remember <laughs> MMA being gone for, you know, maybe a month or two when sports started, and then Dana said, we're coming back. And, you know, ever since then, they've been full steam ahead, so a lot of respect to, to Dana White and the, and the inner brass and the UFC for, you know, making all these cards happen over the last year and making fight fans like us really happy. For boxing too, I mean both both fighting fan both fighting sports or fans of fighting sports. Uh, it's in a really good it's in a really good position, I think, because I, I it's we got um what was it I just blanked there for a second. Oh Ryan Garcia and Manny Pacquiao potentially we were seeing on the horizon there, which is really big. Uh, that'd be that would be an absolutely massive fight, and then I and then we have Javante Davis and uh, also Ryan Garcia brewing on the horizon too. So. I think it's a good good time, and I mean, obviously, everyone wants to see Tyson Fury, Wilder, three happen at some point. So I think all fighting sports are are in a good spot right now. So, yeah, excited to talk about that. We don't usually talk about those sports, so. Yeah, it's it's nice to get you know I'm a big MMA fan, I'm a big boxing fan, so, you know, it, it's nice to let that out. But, Brent, I would say boxing is in a good spot, but at the same time, their biggest their biggest event last year was co-main evented by a YouTuber and a 5'6 basketball player and main evented by two boxers who are about 56 years old and about 20 years past oh, that well, that's time. Just, so yeah, well, boxing that's definitely that's not in as good of a state as MMA is right now. Well, no, they have, they have, the, they have the talent. They have the, they have, they have the fighters, but I just think boxing is so, so damn greedy. Like they're, they're not trying to let this go with no fans. Like that, that's, what it, that's what it is. Because, I mean, there's no reason that they can't do what the UFC is doing. They're just who, who's ever 
I guess the higher ups in boxing. They they're they're looking for they're looking for money and they don't see that they're gonna be getting enough from their position, I guess. Yeah. Um because they have yeah, Anthony boxing. Joshua, they have Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Javante Davis, uh, Ryan Garcia coming up. They still got Manny Pacquiao. Uh, you still have Canelo. He had a big, he had a big fight. That was that was, that was a hyped up fight. I don't know if you watched that. They still have a TMFO. He had that big fight. So I mean, they they, they got a they they have talent. The talent's there. It's just I think they're a little more hard pressed with the money. All right, and welcome to Rapid Fire, the Rapid Fire edition of your Monday crew. So we're going to start off with some topics. Uh, we'll go Rapid Fire around the circle and get everyone's opinions. So recently, the the national the the MB the MLB excuse me the MLBPA recently rejected a proposal that would have brought back a universal DH. They rejected it, so now only the American League will have a DH. So what do you guys think about that? Why can't baseball give us the things we want? Why do pitchers have to hit? That makes no sense to me. Why do pitchers ever have to hit? Sports are becoming such so specialized. It makes no sense. I don't understand why they just can have every ninth hitter. I just don't understand why they can't have just one general rule. Either either keep it the way it's in the NL throughout the, all of MLB, or just keep it the way it's in the AL throughout the MLB. I thought the new rule was cool. Um, you know, watching pitchers bat is just like an automatic out and takes the fun out of it. Um, I mean, I guess there's some strategy involved when like you're late in the game, but um, I don't know. I, I it doesn't make much sense to me. Stick with one rule and, and stick it and make it consistent because it's just unfair to like the AL or the NL or you know when you play cross league and you got to change up the rules. Um, it's just a mess. Yeah, to me, I, I, I agree with what Raj said. I mean, or like, why, why can't we get with baseball? Well, why can't we get from baseball what we want? Like, we want we want a faster game. We want to be able to have one general rule agreed. And baseball is just it's America's pastime. Love it, love it or hate it. That that's how they want to be seen. So, if you guys had to pick, if you were to pick one rule to stick with, would you pick a DH or would you pick pitchers hitting? I think you guys know how I feel. I hate pitchers hitting. Just give me a DH. People who yeah, should I, hit I, should hit. People who shouldn't hit I like, should pitch. And I like the pitchers hitting. I like the pitchers hitting. And and the reason behind that is because there's a lot more strategy involved as you get later into the innings about when you have to pull your pitcher and when you don't pull your pitcher. Um, I think with DH, you're like, all right, I'll just let my guy throw the ball out there as long as he's like, you know, feeling good. But I think there's a lot more strategy involved when you have to pull your pitcher out of the game, especially if he's your ace and you're six, seven innings in, and when you want to do the pinch, uh, when you want to pinch hitter or when you not want to pinch hitter. So um, eventually it evens out, but it, it's I think there's a lot more strategy involved with when to pull your starting pitcher. So I think that's what entices me, but I, I don't mind the other rule either. The problem is like just keep it consistent. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It doesn't matter which way you you want it. I, I think either one is is fine, but it should be consistent. Yeah, it gets weird with interleague games, and now with you know with all these new interleague games happening, it's just it's too much back and forth. Got to be some consistency. All right, so our next our next subject: Does Tom Brady winning yesterday officially certify him as the goat? I mean, he already was. I, in my opinion, it's only up to Mahomes to try to catch him. Yeah, I mean, I think Brand put it right. I mean, it would have been different. I mean, it would have been, been a little different because like. If you if I, I look at like Tom Brady's career trajectories and like he went to ten Super Bowls, but like there's a few people who kept him in check in a way or, or tried to keep him in check. Like I would say the Manning brothers for sure with Eli, um, Peyton to an extent too because he like limited his abilities to go to two additional Super Bowls. 
Um, you know, there have been people who've been able to limit things at the end. Um, yeah, he's a goat. I mean, but if Mahomes beats him, like, you know, two rings at the age of 24, like, now you're talking business because, like, Mahomes isn't going anywhere. That team isn't going anywhere. Uh, and Ooh, I'm sure they would love to... And I'm, I'm sure they would love to three-peat. So I, I, if Mahomes wins, you can start having a debate that Mahomes can catch up to him. But there's a long way to go. So he's a GOAT right now for sure. Yeah. And if he, and if he wins on Sunday, I think he solidifies himself as the GOAT. I mean, um, I think I, I was going to say, gonna say seven thing. Super Bowls, GOAT. And it's going to be very hard to catch him. If he wins a seventh Super Bowl, if he wins the first home Super Bowl in history... He, he's the first player ever to get his team to a home Super Bowl. If he wins a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, and that's his seventh Super Bowl, he's going to be the GOAT, and it's going to be very hard to pass him. Even if Patrick Mahomes has one of the best careers ever, seven Super Bowls is very hard to argue with. No, I'm not I'm not disagreeing six, with that. Six, but, six but is we, hard we, to argue with, too. Yeah, we've seen records be broken, so I, I wouldn't put it past that. I'm just saying, like, if Mahomes can pull this one out against Brady, and he has a good chance of doing so, I think the debate's on that Mahomes can catch him. You know, 16 years left. You're telling me if Mahomes can't pull together three, four Super Bowls in that time? Yeah, I, I think I think completely that it's it's literally just Mahomes' job at this point to try to catch him. If you're anti Brady and you don't want to be said that saying that you don't want to say that he's the goat, it's up to Mahomes to try to catch him. But it, it's still it's still going to be hard because I mean it, it's football. I mean, how many times did we see the Patriots have though? the best team in football and and it was the Giants or some some random team who took them out or you know somebody like Peyton Manning maybe Josh Allen is the Peyton Manning to or maybe Trevor Lawrence Lawrence's is or someone or Deshaun yeah, Watson might that, be or whatever that, like, that's, what that's, that's what I'm saying like it still even six in football is very hard even if Mahomes wins the second one it's still very hard because it's one game and, and you're out and, and if your team isn't consistently really good it, it, it becomes all the more harder. Like Brady had it had it nice with. Obviously, I was always I was always a person who thinks that it was more Brady than than Belichick. But Belichick, it, if it was more Brady than Belichick, it's a sixty forty thing, not a not a not a eighty twenty thing. Brady, yeah, Brady. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. All right, and for the next subject, we're gonna stick with quarterbacks. Um, oh in Aaron Rodgers' post-game press conference yesterday, he said, "quote A lot of people's, a lot of guys' futures that are uncertain, myself included." So, what do you think that, that means? Do you think does he retire? Does does Aaron Jones leave? What happens with the Packers' offense over this offseason? What's that team going to look like come next year? I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going think... anywhere for the next four or five yeah. years. Um, he's having too good of a season. Uh, if anything, he oh. might he might have some tough tough words um, that I can't say over because of FCC regulations to Matt Lafleur for not letting him go on that fourth down. Um, but I don't think he's going anywhere. But he's probably gonna make some demands in the offseason that those first two round picks that the Packers have they don't go draft another quarterback and a running back that they don't need. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, although I do think that there's a there's a plausibility it's very plausible to say that he might be um leaving and, and going somewhere else because we're, we're seeing i just don't know where else he would go like he has the weapons I, I agree, he wants i agree with you i agree with you i was talking about this with my friends yesterday too after the game like where would he go that would be a better situation than the packers and and, and there is a few options however they're not like with and without doubt as good or better than, than the situation with the Packers. So it, it's going to come down to, I, I think he's going to yeah. be hearing 
all types of cases. You know, this team, say he wants to go to a team like the Colts or something like that. Well, all right, if I go to the Colts, who are you going to put around me and make improvements so that it, it makes sense for me to right. go there? And same thing with the Packers. Right. Who are you going to put around me so it makes sense for me to stay here? That's what I think. Maybe there's a there's a guy in, in, in New England that wants a quarterback pretty badly. Exactly. That that too. So it, it, it's very <laughs> possible that he leaves. It's very possible that he leaves, but like it, it's going to, he's going to be hearing, hearing it out from everybody. It's not a thing where he's like, Oh, I F the Packers now I'm about to leave. And you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers can do whatever he wants. So if he wants to retire, I mean, he can go right now. He's all famer. It's not like he has anything to prove. You know, he's won a Super Bowl. He's all famer. If he wants to go, he can go. I, I don't really think he does. I, I don't understand. You know, they were one of the best teams in football this year. I, I don't. I, but, I think it's you know, his Aaron frustration because he's went to what he wants to do. So, I think it's just his frustration because he's been to four of these now, um, and some type of bad luck has happened. Maybe he's just not meant to be with the Packers. Like you know, maybe I mean, it's Brady meant to be with walks the Giants, into the really NFC. Brady walks somehow. into the NFC and gets as many NFC championships as him in one year. So I would be pretty salty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a dumb like tweet. I think that's a dumb tweet because like think about Brady didn't have a good game yesterday. Let's be very honest. Like he threw three picks, he threw three touchdowns. Like the Green Bay just wasn't able to convert. Like Brady got bailed out by his defense to an extent. I mean, in in a way, yes. In a way, yes. But it's also on Aaron Rodgers though as well. I mean, I mean, in, even in the situation where they couldn't, um, where they didn't go for it on fourth. I mean, he had three chances and couldn't pick up a yard. On down, true, down. yeah, and and you should have ran it in on third down. So, right yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So I I know what you're saying. That I I I agree with you that the Packers lost that game more than the the Bucks won, but the, but the Bucks still played well because again, that's at Lambeau, one of the toughest environments, freezing cold. And again, as much as you say, oh, well, they they had chances, they had chances. It's either Aaron Rodgers playing poorly or the Bucks defense stepping up in the red zone, whichever way you want to slice it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, there's also some dropped catches by some knuckleheads on the Packers team in the key moments, so let's not forget that, too. Yeah, agreed. Well, sticking with the Packers game, um, if the Packers went for a touchdown instead of that field goal, is the outcome different? What do you guys think about Matt LaFleur's play calling late in the game? Um, I don't know what um, he was thinking. I, I don't – yeah, I, like, I, I don't know I, what I, he was thinking there Yeah, either. go ahead, Brent. But I, I... – I don't know what he's thinking there either, but the outcome of the game to say it would have been it would have been different. It still would have been a little bit of a stretch. Bucks had three timeouts, two minutes left. Brady, you just have to get a field goal. It it, it still would have, and, and their field goal kicker was doing well that game. Um, so I, I it, it would have been hard to say that they would have definitely won. But I, I think again, like it, I don't even know how, I don't even know how that happened. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm overriding what the coach says. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. So, so my what I didn't understand was like you have three timeouts, right? So let's say you go fourth down and don't get it, you got to come up with a stop. You kick the field goal, you still got to come up with a stop. Like you're still in the same position now. Like, what was the argument? Yeah, like, hey, my team's not, like the only reason that argument makes sense is like my team's not healthy enough to go to overtime. So either we're gonna win this game now, and that's why I'm kicking the field goal. Like that's the only rationale that kicks to me is like we don't want to go to overtime because my no, players he, are not healthy enough to play in overtime, which is just like nonsense and absurd because you get a week off like extra week off than everybody else to prepare. So like, you know, I mean, yeah, that's what, I'm that, talking about like the game before, of course. Too. So they were trying know, to like, outright win the game, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, what were you I, trying? I did you bet on the I game? Did you, did you bet on the game and the over under was 56 and a half? Like what, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Why? why I, I guess, I guess the only scenario was that he was trying to outright win the game, but it, it still to me, 
like wh- why I, I i don't see because you still got to make it was, the stop it was gonna so be like, very hard you still have yeah, it was gonna you be... still have the luxury of the two minute warning right you still have the luxury of the two minute warning and let's not forget whoever the buccaneers kickoff return was an, made a major mistake by just sliding down and giving the packers a fourth timeout um you yeah. know there were there were a lot of mistakes made by both teams in that game but the biggest mistake was matt lafour not trusting his quarterback um to go for it on fourth down like that's that's just it's it's i, I don't understand i have no words and and the pass interference was a big one too, at the at right at the end there because it would have been they would have had a punt that and that would, and that was just that was just a garbage call right like you you haven't been calling that play all game long and you call it there, so I mean, yeah, you know when just, people make the argument like the refs have it for like, if you make the argument the refs have it for Brady like you know that's things those things like that don't look good on the referees so. I mean, again though, if you if you watch the whole game and said that they weren't calling that like that you have an argument but if, if you just showed that clip on, on a youtube video and just googled defensive pass interference that that's that's something that you could see though on on youtube but no i, I, I agree, agree i agree with you they weren't, yeah, yeah they, they weren't they weren't calling it like that that game but if you just saw the clip in you know with no context you, you would have been like yeah grab it but no you're right you're right and that's why that's why it's so absurd is like why make the call at that point when you have this is being inconsistent throughout the whole game, so agreed. All right, well, it looks agreed. like, but again, we have time there, for was, there was some plays, there were some plays, but I just want to add real quick too. Mike Evans was being dragged too. I, I forget what quarter it was, but on one of them, it was clearly fast and fierce, and they didn't throw a flag there either. So, it, again, I, I'm a person who says though that, like, just because something didn't get called your way at the end of the game, it, it's hard to there's very there are instances we've seen it with Rutgers, but very rarely is the whole game called completely one-sided, completely against you. It's just you might have gotten the one-sided call at the end of the game that 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 did it in. But usually, there's bad calls on both sides. Agree, and looks like we have time for one more. So there's been some rumors that the NBA may try to throw together an All-Star game. So is it worth it? Should the NBA go through with it? What are you guys' thoughts on that? No, who who cares? Don't do it. If, if, if you think that it's a health regulation or whatever, it's a health violation or something that's going to put people at risk, like why why do it? it no, nobody really cares. Nobody really cares that much about the All-Star game. What is the point of having a slam dunk contest in an empty arena is my whole thing. Like The, yeah, the, and, the, uh, uh, the All-Star game is built off fan participation and fan interaction. Dude, so send everybody home. If send you everybody don't have home fans, for a week. you don't have a legitimate All-Star game in my opinion. But Yeah, send everyone home because who... Again, you can't even get the people that we want for a slam dunk contest when there's thousands of fans watching them. So why is anybody going to risk injury now when yeah, no one's yeah. there? Yeah, send everyone home for a week. Like, like send everyone for a week, get everybody tested, make sure everybody's good to go. Like, you know, it, it makes no sense to me. If anything, it's just for money. And then, like, if you're the NBA right now, your main thing is to be, like, survive the regular season, get to the playoffs, and hope you can have fans in the stands. Like, that's the best hope. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't seem worth it. I mean, if if the NFL is going to go through with their idea of having their pro, their pro bowlers play Madden, I say, why not do it in the NBA? I think that's exciting. Um, you know, it's just it's so not worth it to get all these guys, you know, in one spot to play the all-star game where no one really cares about it anyways. They, you know, maybe do something fun, have them all go home and maybe play some 2K with each other. And there's no value to the NBA all-star game anyway. So, like, it's not like it's making a difference, like how the MLB all-star game makes a difference on, like, final home court advantage. Can we uh, yep. can we petition to just get rid of the Pro Bowl in general? Yeah, we that that should go. Agreed. That, 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 
Does anyone care help. at all about the Pro Bowl? Like, ever? I don't remember caring no. about the Pro Bowl ever in my life. Because it's in such a... They just they also just throw it in, in an awkward spot where everyone's tight that they got sent home in the playoffs. Or either that or somebody who was not even in the playoffs. So they're just chilling for the last month and a half. So now they no, go they're, there, they're, they don't play defense. They don't play defense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it should be it should be done away. You should just get the accolade that you were a Pro Bowler, somebody like Stefan Diggs who had all. It's like the Golden Glove the Award. It's like the yeah, Golden just Glove. Get a, just, just get an just get an accolade yeah. for it, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's even more worthless in the NBA All Star Game though, because at least in the NBA All Star Game you could see like like Curry throw it off the ground, lob to Giannis, like something ridiculous. You know what are you really gonna see in the Pro Bowl? That's more exciting than an actual NFL game. Like the catches are Nothing. better in actual NFL games. The the, the effort Nothing. is better just, just because <laughs> the players really just don't care. And and it's not their fault. Like I just think the event is meaningless in general. Yep. Couldn't agree more. You would see you would see Alan Lazard catch the pass from Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. Yeah, it's like you want to see Aaron Rodgers ha- throw a hail mary. You don't gotta watch the Pro Bowl. Watch Week Four because that'll happen. So. Or watch Twenty Fifteen Packers highlights. The Larry threw every hail mary in that season, or whatever season it was. Raj, I'm a giant. I'm a near Giants fan. You can't talk to me about Aaron Rodgers hail marys. Like it's a, oh, it's, a, it's a touchy subject. Come on, come on. The Giants did him t- did it to him like five years earlier, so that's all good. Uh, it doesn't matter. Watching Eli Apple uh, watch that touchdown go into. I think it was Randall Cobb's arms pretty much described the Giants. Oh, Eli, Eli, Eli Apple was such a bust. He was hyped up so much. He was such a bust. Oh, my God. That whole Giants team was hilarious. That 2015 Giants <laughs> team. The, the boat pick. The, the boat uh, pick, right? The boat, yeah, the boat pick team. It was cursed. Oh. That's it for the Giants. Cursed, that's man. for the boat pick. That's how they play. That's just, they that's just the way Dylan want to end things uh, tonight. That hockey kind of sums up the state of New York professional football right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. relax. The, the Knicks are looking good. No, I said football. Basketball is a whole different uh, subject. Uh, uh. Just football. Yeah, I was about to say, the, the Knicks are looking good, and the Nets are, even though I don't consider the Nets a New York team, um, they, the, the Nets are doing, the Nets are really good. But, but, but hey, Knicks got number one defense in the NBA. Julius Randle looks like an all-star. Man, I'm hyped. 